The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Setting the Record Straight, where various Christian Reconstructionist pastors seek to understand and dissect the issues that are plaguing the church today, from the pulpit to the pew. Today's message is one that all too often hit, hits close to home, and because I I think because every one of us at some point in time has either been on one side of it or not, but it's really a multi-theme passage and a message today because um, it talks about we're talking about honesty. And ultimately, um, if you want to look at it, it's honesty in the midst of an age of social media drone attacks. That's why I, t- I talked about, it. but we. If we want to start off with it, I really don't want to talk about social media as much as I want to talk about honesty, truthfulness. In our passage, our theme passage in Proverbs 24, where we've been this entire time, we're going to look at verses 26 and then 28 through 29 today. It says, Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. Then it goes on and says, Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause. And do not deceive with your lips. Do not say, I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. Firstly, this morning, I would say this. Honesty is more than a virtue. virtue, Or is it? And we need to understand what that means. We talk about whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. There's something virtuous about that, that statement. And I put in your notes this morning what the word virtuous means. And I think when I look at virtuous, I mean, I, I actually, what's good for me as I've walked through this is it means something more than what the actual per, most people think of it as. It's not, virtuous does not mean just truthful, but it, it, it epitomizes what truth is. And so when we look at this, virtuous means morally good, acting in conformity to the moral law. Practicing the moral duties and abstaining from vice is a virtuous man. Being in conformity to the moral or divine law as a virtuous action, a virtuous life. The mere performance of a virtuous, a virtuous actions does not denominate an agent virtuous. Just because someone does something virtuous doesn't make them a virtuous person. That means... The person is more, it's more than just an action, it's something that is applied to all of life. And that's where we're going to come. For many, a virtuous man or woman is one that seems to be believable, or they seem to be truthful. But that's not always, that's not how it really is. I wish I could put it right, but someone said, you know, for this year, for Halloween, people should, people should show up as their... If they want a real costume and they can't think of one, they should show up as their Facebook selves. Because in that sense, they would probably be a totally different person. And the thing is, is honesty, A, this morning under our heading, our, our, our number one, honesty is the very act of conforming all things to God's law word. When we take the word virtuous and we take what honesty is about, it is about the very act of conforming all things to God's law word, His word. 
Proverbs 11.1 1 tells us, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. And often we look at that passage and we talk about, are, are things equal when it comes to when, when we're talking about trade or what other things, but anything along those lines. Some would say uh, of, uh, regarding currency. But I would say this, that a just balance, a, a, a false balance, is an abomination to the Lord. And so when we don't conform all things to His Word, we're not really being honest. We're giving the appearance of honesty, but we're not being truthful. 2 Corinthians tells us in chapter 10, verses 3-5, through he tells us very clearly, For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, ready to punish every disobedience. The core, the, the core purpose of us as believers is we take, and if we're going to be honest people, is to take everything and tie it down and make it obey the Word of God, to make it obey Christ. And to be honest is not to shed off any of those aspects, okay? It's not, it's not about, it's not saying, well, it's partially true, it, I, I'm going to make it believable for you so you can buy into what I'm saying. It comes back down to this place of, if I'm going to be honest, that means I want to be as truthful as the Word of God. Now, every one of us in here falls short of that. We sin and fall short of His glory in that. But we must come to that place. John 17, 17, which is there, says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And if we want to know how to live by truth, we want to know what truth is, we go to His word. Every aspect of life, if we want it to be purified, we want it to be cleansed, we want to be set apart and holy to God, what we do is we go to His word for it. In fact, that word truth is probably one of the most perplexing things for people in this world. Most of those outside of, outside of Christ, I will say this, do not understand what truth is. Now, they understand what it means to be lied to. And they don't like it when people, I don't know anybody here who likes to be lied to. I don't like to be lied to. But when it comes down to truth, they don't believe, many out, most people outside of Christ, most people who claim to be atheists or agnostic, don't believe there is an absolute truth outside of whatever is relative to them. Okay? And so because of that, it's hard for them, it's hard to ask, well, what do you, why are you so bent out if someone lies to you if it's their truth? And I hate that statement of someone, well, my truth is this, or your truth is that. That's, that's, that's all a lie. When we come down to this, what is truth? And it was a great thing, and, and Jesus even testified about this. You know, I, I've, asked, I, I've, I've, I've gone and, and preached sermons on this, and I've asked the question, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come to earth? And I've heard every answer under the sun, and most of them are, I, and I'm not saying bad, a bad selfish answer, but there are selfish answers. And the answer they, they always give is, well, if he came to, to save me, or he came to save mankind, he came to give his life as a ransom, the, all those things. But when Jesus spoke about why he was born and why he came, 
It was totally different than that. And this is what it is. Jesus, it says, he's before Pilate. And he said, he entered the, so Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, well, what is truth? Well, it's more of a derogatory way of looking at it. Now I want you to think about this. The very purpose is that Jesus came, the reason why he was born was to testify to the truth. So when we look at honesty as being a virtue... It's not just a, a, a little piece of a necklace or a little emblem we hang around our neck. Honesty is the very core of who we are called to be in Christ Jesus. We are to testify to the truth. The reason why Jesus was born and He came was to testify to the truth. The reason why we've been born again is to testify to the truth. So honesty is not about how believable... An individual is. But rather the standard they use to determine truth and if that standard is biblical. Just because someone tells you, well, this is the biblical answer to that, doesn't mean it's biblical. It's not the standard. Because they might have an opinion of what the Bible says, but it might not be what exactly what it says. So let's be reminded of that. Under B, honesty is about exposing and removing all deceitfulness. See, if you have the Word of God as the standard, it's going to come to this place and understand that honesty is about exposing and removing all deceitfulness. We don't have animals in our church. It's just a little toy. Honest about exposing and removing all deceitfulness. In fact, so let's look at our theme passage. Verse 28 of Proverbs 24. (laughs) Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause, and do not deceive with your lips. Now I will say this when it says without cause, that means don't rise up against someone for no reason. Don't testify against them just to be to win the affection or the friendship of another don't bear false witness is what it's coming down to which is one of the 10 commandments well under this passage I wanted to, I have a little subheading here and it says uh, number one the only acceptable cause for exposing others is truth because see well, when we get to see in just a moment it will tell you why The only acceptable cause for exposing others is truth. Remember, I didn't write this down. Remember the proverb, 
don't do not answer the fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Then it turns around in verse five and says, "Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes." There's a time and a place for everything, and that's one of the things. The only acceptable cause for exposing others is truth. When a falsehood is being brought forth as a truth, that's when we expose the deceitfulness there. We're not to be deceitful. We're to remove and expose it. In Ephesians chapter 5, he tells us, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now I'm going to read this to get to the point. Listen carefully. Verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexual and moral and pure and who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness. Now you are are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part... I underline this on purpose. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead we are to expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. We are called to be salt and light to the world around us. And when we look at this aspect, we look at this aspect, check and see if that's on or if it flipped off. When we look at this aspect, I want us to think about this because we must expose, expose, That which is not truth. We need to expose that which is deceitfulness. And the only way we can do that is to shine the light of the Word of God, the light of truth, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, His very Word against it. Now that's the only acceptable cause for exposing others at all. There's a reason why. Do you notice it said in that passage that it's shameful to speak of the things that they do in secret? We are not to talk about the depravity, the depths of the depravity that people go. We can name depravity. We don't need to talk about the very actions because when it is exposed by the light of truth, what happens? It's revealed for what it is. We don't even have to quarrel over words, Scripture tells us, because what? Because when we put it according to up, up next to the standard of truth, it reveals what it is. It all becomes visible in the light. Ephesians 4, which we know very well, 
talks about how Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for works of ministry, for the building up of the body. Why? Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ, that, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. The purpose of that Christ gave in giving us both the, the, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors and teachers is to equip the saints so that they can discern truth. That they can understand what is deceitful and what is a lie. To expose that which is not truth. That which is darkness. And he goes on in verse 15, 15. Rather speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is ahead, into Christ. And that's why I want us to, in doing this, we speak in such a way, the only time we expose others is for the sake of truth. Now it's hard because people will say, well, I don't think that's necessary. I don't think we have to talk about this or we don't need to talk about that. But the truth is, it's an idol for them. And it might be a person that can be an idol. And this is the one thing. It doesn't matter who it is. Anything that comes up as an idol, anything that's set up as a, I call it an Asherah pole of old, these are where the God, where the people will worship pagan gods, we are called to demolish every stronghold and every argument that sets itself up against Christ. And we do it by speaking the truth in love because we love these people regardless of what their background, regardless of what they claim. We love them enough to tell them the truth. We expose the darkness in those moments. Because I will tell you the most hateful thing we can do is to leave people in darkness and walk by them and hide the light from them, allowing them to stay in the pity, in the pit of despair where they're at. That's the worst thing we can do. Proverbs 18, 17. Well, let's say this before we get there. If we are going to expose the deeds of darkness, we must weigh the testimony of all men on the merit of the men themselves. Because all are sinners, rather but rather using the law word of God to both examine and to expose. We can't, if we're going to expose the deeds, we can't, we have to weigh the words of men. And the thing is, is we know that men are going to be wrong. I know there are men who will say, I would prefer to do it this way or that way. If you would just come to me this way, listen, we don't always have time to go to everybody and win them over as our best friend at first. We are called to go and to love them and to proclaim the good news, the Word of God, the truth of Christ to them. Proverbs eighteen seventeen says, The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Sometimes people come, we, we, we trust, and, and I'll say in our word that, world that we live in today, there are many great preachers, there are great theologians, there are some guys who write some great blogs and do all this, but here's the thing, on the surface, 
They are great men. But great men are capable of great evil and great sin. And just because a man has 25, 30, 60, 100 books out and has preached 10,000 sermons that are recorded on sermon audio, and just because they've gone to the depths of the, and the farthest reaches of the world to, to preach the gospel, they too still fall short of the glory of God. And the standard is never the re- reputation and the work of man. It is always the standard of Christ Jesus. And we have to put it up against the Word of God. And if it fails, if it smells like an idol, it looks like an idol, it talks like an idol, it is what it is. And it must be destroyed. We're not talking about destroying the man, are we? We're not talking about destroying the man. We're talking about destroying the idol. We're not talking about destroying... People want to talk about destroying ministries. Listen, if it's tainted by an idol, it's already an act of work of darkness. It needs to be... That idol is destroyed. It will be used for light again. It's not going to be used for the glory of God if it's used as an idol or set up as a man. So don't worry about the ministry. Ministries come and go just like kingdoms come and go and rulers come and go and others come and go. Those things happen, but we must concern, be concerned more about the heart of the man than we are about anything else. So don't, just because someone comes and states their case, don't wait and just because it seems right doesn't mean until another comes and examines him, all of a sudden things change. So when someone tells me a story or tells me their account of something happened and then someone else comes along and says a total different thing of what happens another, and they tell them a different story, what happens is people find it untrustworthy. And then we have to clarify some things. Lastly this morning, and it's really uh, the, the thing that kind of launched me regarding this, what I was just talking about. Honesty is not about revenge. But trusting God in His Word. Honesty is not about revenge. Being truthful and virtuous is not about revenge, but trusting God at His Word. What does it say? And our theme passage, first of Proverbs twenty four twenty nine says, "Do not say I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done." Do not say that. Why? Because the book of Romans tells us something very specific. Romans twelve verses nine through twenty one says, "Let love be genuine." Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in prayer, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Goes on, this is important. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what 
to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not become overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Honesty and truthfulness can be completely ripped up and destroyed and set aside. The reputation of the church can be ripped up and set aside when we go and take revenge for an action instead of just speaking the truth in love, setting forth the truth, and letting God do the rest. See, it's the same problem we have is when we want to go talk to somebody, we want God, we want we want them to immediately change their lives and change the things that we're doing or what we think. We don't leave room for the Holy Spirit to move. We don't leave room for the Holy Spirit to convict, the Holy Spirit to bring them to repentance, the Holy Spirit to bring them to salvation. We don't wait. And because we don't wait, what we do is we take out our vengeance on another. And in doing so, we don't, we don't accomplish anything. We just actually further the problem. The reason why is there's others around us who listen and they watch and they see what we've done and what we're doing. Honesty is not about revenge. Going out on social media or a place like that and blasting someone openly is not about revenge. Excuse me. Excuse me. Thank you. It is not to be about revenge. We can go out and expose the deeds of darkness out there on social media. You can do that. But let it be because of truth. The standard of God's word. Stand firmly on the truth. It's not about destroying the man. Men need to come to repentance. If they are supposed to be our brothers and sisters in Christ then they need to have their sin pointed out time and time again. And how? And, and, and when they repent, what the Scripture says, 70 times 7 or 77 times, you are to forgive that brother or that sister. But we're to call them to repentance. That is not about revenge. We're to make sure others understand what the problem is and the truth of the matter. But it's not about Revenge. Revenge always is about when we avenge ourselves, it is about destroying someone else rather than and giving them what we deserve as well. So let's finish with a couple of exhortations this morning. There's nothing sinful about social media, but with social media, the sinfulness of man is quickly revealed. I had a man call me. A pagan, not my ideology, but called me a pagan this week while defending a, a man who holds the pagan ideology. ideology. <coughs> I can deal with that kind of thing because I said, don't bear false witness. Scripture tells us, don't do that. 
Let people examine it for what it is, but don't call people things that they're not. Someone else talked about this week, about not calling, once again, going back and don't call someone a fool. Y'all understand, remember like we talked about before, if someone lies, they told a lie, they need to repent of that lie, right? But if someone lies and lies and lies, they're called a liar. If someone steals one time and they've stolen, that's called theft. But when they steal and steal and steal and steal, and that's what they do, they're called a a thief. When someone does something foolish, they've they're guilty of foolishness, of folly, right? But when someone continues in their foolishness time and time and time again, they're called a fool. But to call someone a fool for being ignorant of something is the scripture says you're in the dangers of the pit of hell for saying such a thing. There's nothing simple about social media, but social media, the sinfulness of man, is quickly revealed. The distance and ambiguity of a screen and keyboard allows for people to have a sense of liquid courage to outdo others and to do harm, whereas Scripture tells us in Romans 12, 10, to outdo one another in what? In honoring. Listen, I don't have to go and find all of the places where I agree with someone before I can talk about the falsehoods that they have. I don't have to build someone up so I can tear them down. But we need to learn, we need to learn to seek how we might love one another and outdo one another in showing honor. And showing honor or showing virtue is to speak truth in love with gentleness and respect. And that's what happens. We don't. We don't. We don't. So a lot of times, most of us, most people are um, never have an outlet. And that's the only way, the reason why some social media is some so dangerous. It's because our our outlet for our sin nature, instead of it being going in and bashing against the rock of Christ Jesus, we let it loose. Where we think that there is no repercussions for it. And there is. People's lives are destroyed. People often drop bombs on the unexpected, like drone missile strikes. That's why I wrote the title of this. Like it. They come out of nowhere. And kids, the reason why we don't let our, what, y'all are on Facebook or y'all are on Instagram or y'all aren't doing some of those things is because this stuff is not, I don't want to give you access until you have self-control enough because most people who are supposed to be mature in Christ and are supposed to have self-control don't have enough self-control to keep their mouth shut. Not post videos and not write statements or messages or texts and all that kind of stuff. It's good for you not to have the access to do such things because we can hurt one another in a way that might not be able to be mended. But there's a difference between exposing the darkness, revealing the truth, destroying strongholds, and taking every thought captive and destroying men and women, friends, 
So what I want us to look at is, really, and I can't go into it too deeply today, but I want us to think of just real quickly, how does this apply to the covenantal harvest? How does this impact the harvest? I ask that because if we're not called to destroy men, but only destroy thoughts and the things that set themselves up against Christ. Well, Matthew 13, this is why I think I'm going to go next week and talk about this further. Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30, and this is the final scripture. Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came in and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. And the servants of the master of the house came in and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go in and gather them? He said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. thing is, is the truth is at the end of all things, of all time, there will be those who will be on the left and the right of the Father, those who will go and inherit eternal life, and those who will go into a place of eternal damnation. They'll be cast in the lake of fire, hell, that was reserved for the devil and the angels that fell with him. But I will say this to you. Our job is to expose and identify the weeds, not to destroy the fields. We are called to identify and expose the weeds. His workers came in and says, Did you not sow good seed? And, and it's very recognizable when there are bad seeds that are there. But some people don't do it. So we shine the light and expose the weeds. But it's not our job to root them all out. Because in the process of rooting them all out, we're probably going to destroy the field and the harvest. And I think that's where we sit right now in the church in America right now today. It's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater type thing. It's all or none. And we need to be careful how we examine this. And so next week I want to talk about this aspect. How does it apply to the covenantal harvest? Make sure we don't, we don't destroy the fields in the process of exposing the weeds. And exposing the darkness. And all deceitfulness. Alright, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this this one chapter is so powerful in so many ways. Lord, let us be virtuous men, women, boys and girls, young men, young women. Lord God, who seek to not only know your word, but Lord God, to, to come and apply every aspect of your word to all of life. Not taking someone's status, not someone taking someone's uh, position, not taking someone's you know, past, but Lord God, they're present 
And Lord God, laying it against the standard of your word. Lord, and let I pray that if any of those things are sinful, if those, any of those are, are idols, that we expose those truth, the truth of those things and destroy those idols. And Lord, on order that we might walk forward in truth. That we might walk away from all these all lies and deception and all those teachings that are false. Lord, let us seek to restore men. Lord, let us seek men come to repentance. Lord, I pray that there be churches today that would come to repentance, that there's many, Lord, today who have who have joined hands in agreement with those who are, Lord God, who are not walking in accordance with your word, that, Lord God, have things and beliefs that, Lord God, reveal all that they believe is in love, Lord God, as their beliefs of hatred. And Lord God, there's, there, I pray that we those things continue to be exposed. I pray that we don't rejoice that uh, men like these are continue to be out beyond the forefront. That we rejoice in the truth, and Lord, look for ways to show greater honor, and I do one another in showing honor to those who deserve it. Lord God, those who who faithfully serve you and faithfully walk with you, rather than Lord God. Uh, trying to destroy all things that pertain to you. Thank you for listening to Setting the Record Straight. Join us on Facebook at the Reconstructionist Radio Discussion Group. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to listen to all of our podcasts and to download our free audiobooks.